possessing the gates of your enemies. God wants us to possess the gates of our enemy. Let's turn to the book of Genesis, chapter 22, verses. Um, I think we, we just take one verse, verse 17. Genesis uh, uh, 22. 22 verse 17. God is speaking. He said, blessing, I will bless you. And multiplying, I will multiply your descendants. That word descendant is seed. As the stars of the heaven. And as the sand which is on the seashore. The emphasis today is this last part. It says, it says, I will bless you and multiply your descendant, which is seed. Then he went further in the last part. He said, and your descendant, the seed, shall possess the gate of the of their enemy your descendant will possess the gate of their enemies the question i need to ask you is this how can the seed Remember, the seed is a child or descendant. How can the seed possess the gate of their enemies if they are not equipped or trained to do so? We need to know the type of enemy we are fighting. If you don't know the enemy you are fighting, you are going to be shooting in the wrong direction we need to know the enemy we are fighting the book of ephesians the book of ephesians chapter 6 tells us chapter 6 verses 11 or 10 to 18 tells us but let's start from um, from verse 1 it says children obey your parents Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. The children's obedience have a tendency to bring enormous blessing upon the children. You see, when children obey the parents, it arouse enormous blessing upon us the children or you the children the young ones then he went forth i say honor your father and your mother which is the first commandment with promise whenever i minister to the young ones the very first thing i often ask them is this i said how is your relationship with your father and your mother 
If your relationship with your father and your mother is not right, you need to write it. I don't give a care what your father or your mother have done to you, but the Bible tells us that when you don't honor your father and your mother, I hate to say it, you are under a curse. Then he said in verse 3, he said that it may be well with you and so that you might live long life on earth. First, so he said, and you fathers, and let's leave that for next week, Father's Day. <laughs> let's leave that for Father's Day. Amen? But when you jump to verse 10, it tells us, it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. He said, put on the whole armor of God. He said, be strong in the Lord. As a child, you need to be strong in the Lord because if you are not strong, you will not be able to possess the gates of the enemy. You need to be strong in the power of God. You need to have the power of Jesus Christ on you to be able to fight the enemy. What are the enemy we are fighting? He said, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the virus, the wives of the enemy. You'll be able to stand against the fiery darts of the enemy. You'll be able to fight against or to withstand all his scheme and devices. I want you to take note of this. The enemy is smart. He is clever. He is dubious. Whenever a child who, whenever a child who does not have the protection of God, who does not have the covering of God, whenever a child who does not have the, 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 the power of God's might in his life, what the enemy does is I say, this child is going to be maybe a president in future, or a prime minister in future, or is going to be a CEO in future. Then what the enemy does, remember the word he said, he said, he said, the vice of the devil, that means the scheme. So he sets scheme, he sets trap. He set trap in order to ensnare that child, in order to prevent that child from obtaining the purpose of God for that child. And so he set this trap, trying to lure this child away from the purpose of God. But the child has to be intentional to be able to know the purpose of God, go and gravitate towards the power of God. He said, he said put, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You need to be intentional. You need to be strong. You need to gravitate towards God. The more you gravitate away from God, the more the enemy is happy. But you need to gravitate more, like Jonathan said before. He said, he said, this time has made me to refocus more time with God, which is very important. I wish I had time to go through this. But I want you to take note of it. You are fighting against principalities. He said, we don't fight against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against the power, against the rulers of darkness in, of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. These are 
the spiritual force that is ganged against you. They are organized. They are smart. And you need to be aware of who your enemy is. If you are aware of who your enemy is, now you are ready for battle. Are you with me? I hope I have, I wish I, because the time is passing, I wish I had time to cover all this. But next time, hopefully, I'll be able to analyze this, uh, uh, do it as, a, as a, a teaching approach instead of a preaching approach. I want to talk to you quickly. The devil is after your future. Whether you are young or you are adult, the devil is after your future. But you must take the battle to the gates of the enemy. How do you take the battle to the gates of the enemy? Quite often, we want to fight the battle within the confines, within the confines of our territory. No, you don't fight battles in your territory. You fight battles outside your territory. Are you with me? I want to give you an illustration. 9-11, you know, 9-11 took place, I think it's um, 2001. Eh? 9-11. Okay? 9-11. After 9-11, America changed their defense strategy. They realized that the best, the best thing to do is to fight the battle... In the territory of the enemy. In the enemy's gate. So there is easy to fight the enemy at their territory than fight the enemy within. Are you with me? So if you want to fight the enemy, you must fight the enemy at their gate. And when you conquer one gate, the enemy will duck for cover and he will be running. But if you are fighting the enemy within then that means there is a fifth colon that is within that want to undermine the power of that government. But you must always learn to fight the enemy at the gates of their territory. But look at what the Bible says. The Bible says, it said, are we raised up, okay, a descendant, they say your descendant shall possess the gates of the enemy. The gates of the enemy is where they are. You must take the battle to them. Are you with me? So because the devil is after the future of our children, we must make sure we equip the children in order to take the battle to the gates of the enemy. We must not act and fight a war on the defensive. We must be offensive in fighting the enemy. Are you with me? Okay, now. Just for you, the young ones. Life is not about the here and now. I'll repeat this. Life is not about the here and now. The habit you create now. The habit you develop now. Is going to make you to prosper in future or to undermine your prosperity in future. 
Okay, I'll repeat this one. You see, the habit you develop today will either make you or break you in future. The habit you develop today will either become your master in future or your servant in future. Okay, now, let me put it this way. If I am a smoker and I smoke, this habit, if I don't kick this habit, it, this habit is going to be my master in future. Are you with me? Okay, now, so I have to overcome this habit, otherwise this habit will be my master in future. That is what I mean, that the habit you develop today will be your master or your servant in future. You have a choice. Are you with me? Amen. Jonathan raised something up which I want to pick on. He said this crisis, sometimes God uses it for our good. I believe crisis is good. You see, crisis is good, but we must not waste a crisis. We must not waste it. Somebody defined crisis as this. He said it is a situation whereby we fundamentally adjust or alter our lifestyle. We need to adjust our lifestyle. You see, when crisis happen, we need to look into the future and adjust our lifestyle and upskill ourselves. And that is what I spoke to Jonathan some time ago. I said, listen, what are you doing? He told me, he said, listen, I am looking and I'm believing to attach my, myself to a better job before December. I said, oh, that is fantastic. Okay? We need to use whatever situation we find ourselves to upskill ourselves. When a crisis happens, we need to readjust ourselves and upskill and look into the future. You must dream and you must follow your dream. If things are not going as planned, you need to readjust your plans and go for it. You need to adjust, readjust your plans and go for it. You see, no matter how many times you get knocked down, no matter how many times you fail, you need to get up and you need to readjust yourself and go for it until you get it right. Can I have an amen? I like that. You see, no matter how many times you get knocked down, failure is good. Failure is to enable you to stop, think, reconnect, readjust, and go for it again. Amen? Failure becomes a failure when you give up. Are you with me? I want you to understand. You see, Silicon Valley in the U.S. is synonymous with success stories of startup companies. But we have forgotten that that same Silicon Valley has been a graveyard for many companies that have failed, did not make it. You see, we look at success, we say, wow, 
this company has succeeded. But you did not know that this company has become the way this company has become because they have failed and tried, failed and tried, failed and tried, failed and tried until they got it right. You must not give up. It is your future. The question we need to ask yourself is this. What motivates you to get out of bed every day? What motivates you to get out of bed every day? I know what motivates me to get out of bed every day. I set it before me. Because when I look at my life today, something tells me, take it easy, relax, take it easy. I say, no, that is the devices of the enemy. Because when I look at my life, God has provided for my needs. God has blessed me with fantastic people like you to minister to. Why do I have to strive and drive towards? I say, no. What drives you? And I said, life and death drives me. When I slack back, something within me tells me, you need not slack back because my slacking back is going to be the undoing of somebody you are ministering to. And then that drives me. That makes me to wake up in the morning. That makes me to do what I am doing today. Because there is something that drives me. I have a dream. My dream is not fulfilled yet. And I am going for it until it gets fulfilled. That's what drives me. The question I need to ask you this morning is that, what drives you? What drives you? What motivates you to get out of your bed in the morning? If nothing drives you, you need to create something that drives you. Quite often, many of us today, we, don't, we cannot lead ourselves. It's very hard for us to get up in the morning to do something for ourselves. We lack the drive. We lack the enthusiasm. But I want to encourage you today, you need to set before you something that will drive you, that will motivate you to get up in the morning that you are interested in. Something. You need to create something for yourself. We need to lead ourselves. You must lead yourself. One of my most famous saying, many of you have heard this, some of my leaders. My most famous saying is this. If you don't lead yourself, those you are called to lead, we end up leading and controlling your life and you will not like it. I'll repeat. If you don't lead yourself, those you are called to lead, they will end up leading you and you will not like it. You need to lead yourself to get out, 
of your habit that is weighing you down. COVID today have motivated people to be creative. COVID today have motivated people to come out of some creative idea to help themselves into the future. COVID today have motivated people to upskill themselves in order to achieve something. They set a goal before themselves. Whereas on the other side of the equation, COVID have made many people to become lazy. They can't get out of bed. They are not motivated at all. They spend their entire time in front of television eating chips, chocolate, eat chips, chocolate, chips, chocolate. Okay? And they, they, they scan all the movies. There's nothing wrong with movies. But if that one dominates your life, okay, what happens is that eh, there is no hope for your future. You need to upskill yourself. You need to drive yourself. Your future depends on what I am saying today. You must lead yourself. Look at what the book of... uh, Jeremiah says, Jeremiah 29, verse 11. He said, For I know the plan I have for you, declares the Lord. The plan for, the plan to prosper you and not to harm you. The plan to give you hope and a future. When you go and explore the mind of God, you say, God, what plan have you got for me? He said, a plan to help you. What plan have you got for me, God? He said, I plan to prosper you. But he said, this is my plan for you. If you have enough gumption, come and get it. I've got my plan for you and I've given it to you. But there is an enemy out there who wants to usurp this plan I've got for you to mess it up. But you need to... You need to move away from being a seed. You need to move away from being a descendant. And allow the power of God to envelop you so that you can be equipped to possess the gates of your enemy. The plans God has for you is to give you hope for the future. You have a future. Don't allow the devil to rob you of your future. When we look at the Old Testament, in the book of Genesis 25, we're not going to turn to it. It tells us that Esau sold his future for a bowl of stew. Any bowl here? No, no bowl here. Okay, now. For a bowl of stew. Esau sold his future for a bowl of stew. He gave away his title deed. Are you with me? Jacob, on the other hand, asked him. He said, sell me. Sell me your birthright. Why did he say, sell me your birthright? Because Jacob was looking into the future. Jacob had plans for the future. He said, but the only thing hindering me from possessing my future is this fellow. Let him sell it to me. And so this man, 
He gambled his future away for a bowl of soup. Those of us who are using the time we ought to spend in upskilling ourselves, we ought to spend in planning and strategizing for our future, we are sitting there in front of television. Chocolate, ice cream, chocolate, ice cream. Instead of planning for your future, upskilling yourself, but Esau sold his birthright to Jacob. I want you to write this one down because this is very important. Do not allow the now gratification to rob you of your future endeavor. I will repeat it. Do not allow the now do not allow the now gratification to rob you of your future endeavor. The gratification of now is what the devil wants you to consume yourself in. Do not allow the gratification of the now to encroach or to rob you of your future endeavor. The question I need to ask you, I finish here. The question I need to ask you is this. If Christ delays his coming, just like he's doing today, what will be your life going forward in two or three years' time? You need to ask yourself, if Christ delay his coming, we don't know when Christ is going to come, only him. But if you are not prepared for his coming, you will miss out. We need to every day constantly prepare ourselves, prepare our hearts for his coming. But while he's being delayed, while he's delaying his coming, the question I need to ask yourself is that, are you preparing yourself for Christ's coming, number one? Number two, are you preparing and making plans for your future? What will be your life? How is your life going to be Two or three years' time. Are you going to be the same? Going around the same circle? Sitting down? Instead of upskilling yourself? Instead of looking into the future? Making plans for yourself? Making plans for your future? I leave that to you. And if you need any help... We are here to help you. To be able to possess the gates of the enemy. You need to know who your enemy is. And the enemy is the devil. He is the power of darkness of this world. He is an evil force. He is not flesh and blood. You need to know him. And fight him with the weapon of the power of God in your life. But if you are not drawn now to him, for him to bestow that power unto, unto you, you will not have power to resist the enemy. I encourage you, church, young ones, 
Draw nigh to him. He will draw nigh to you. Life is not about the here and now. Life is not about drinks, food, chocolate, TV. The enemy just laughs when he sees you doing that. He just laughs. He says, I've got him. I got her where I want. Let him continue to do that. Just have a name as a Christian. Yeah, I'm a Christian. I go to church on Sunday. Let me just have a name. I'm happy with that. You are not disturbing the enemy. The only time we can disturb the enemy is to take the battle to the gate of the enemy. Now you are talking. But you cannot take the battle unless you are fully equipped by the power of God to take the battle to the enemy. In Jesus' name, we thank God for his word. Amen. Are you willing to possess the gate of the enemy? This is part one. This is just part one. Are you willing? If you need any prayer, the young ones, if you need any prayer this morning, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Father, Lord God, though we walk in the flesh, we don't walk after the flesh, Lord. For the weapon of our warfare is not carnal, but mighty to the pulling down of stronghold. Father, we bring down every stronghold against our lives. We bring down every stronghold against, Lord, the young ones, all of them that has testified today. Father, we bring down every stronghold over wired for glory families in Jesus' name. Father, we raise up the banner of God over, Lord, the scheme and devices of the enemy. Father, we thank you for what you are doing. We thank you, Lord, for Jonathan, Lord. We thank you for your plans for his life. We thank you for your purpose, Lord, that the plans and the purpose you have for his life, for Lord God Joshua, for Rebecca, Lord, for the young ones, Lord Jesus, they shall, Lord Jesus, for Luke, Lord Jesus, Lord, even those, Lord God, who, Lord God, could not log in, Lord, today, Lord Jesus, Ephraim and others, Lord. Father, Lord, the plans you have for them, Lord, I pray right now that it will not elude them in Jesus' name. Father, I pray right now a special covering over each and every one of their lives, Lord. Father, they have testified. We have heard them, Lord Jesus. Father, I pray, Lord God, that you will reach out, Lord. That you will touch them. You will envelop them with your love. You will surround them, Lord, with the wall of fire, Lord. That when the enemy try to encroach, Lord, he will fail in Jesus' name. 
Father, we thank you once again for today. Father, you have called us, Lord, to possess the gates of our enemy. Father, we want to draw now to you. We want to be equipped, Lord Jesus. We want us, Lord God, to be strong in the power of God. Be strong, Lord God, in the power, Lord God, of the Holy Spirit, Lord. Father, I pray, Lord, that you will anoint, Lord, each and every one of us. Help us, Lord God, so that we will have the power of God to stand against the enemy, Lord. So that we will be conscious of his devices, Lord. We know he's a thief. He's a liar. He's going to rob and going to take what does not belong to him. We defy him today, Lord, in Jesus' name. We thank you once again for your people. We commit them into your hand. Have your own way, Lord, we pray. In Jesus' name, everybody says...